that was quick, mate. G'day, mate. <laughs> Good morning. How are things? Oh, not too bad. Yeah. What's it? Friday the 1st of May, 2020. Yeah. Wow. Pinch and a punch in the first day of the month. Yes, it's yep. um, another month, mate. Uh, so here we are, Friday, episode yep. 99 of the From the Valley podcast. A returning guest, Robert Cooper from CPR Insurance Services. How are you going? So, um, what's 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 it like being for you over the last month or so? Has uh, anything sort of changed much for you? I mean, obviously, there's um, people still. What, what what are sort of people doing in your industry? Well, we've had a bit of a uh, a change around. There's a lot of people uh, that are working remotely, which is a big change for our industry. Uh, there's a lot of people asking whether they're covered in any way for COVID-19 in their insurance policies. And it a lot of the time they aren't? It depends on uh, which insurance policy, but uh, the, the, the main one that they're um, interested in is business interruption, which covers the downturn in income after a material damage loss. But it's not considered that COVID-19 is a material damage loss. Uh, but there is an extension on a lot of people's policies for infectious diseases, but then it gets written out um, if it's a quarantinable disease under the definition of the Quarantines Act of 1908, which uh, the insurance industry didn't catch up on because that's been superseded by the Biosecurity Act of 2015. So. Now we've got lawyers uh, uh, scratching their heads, wondering if they could uh, uh, try it on with an insurance company and uh, set a precedent. So we've got a few uh, ambulance chasers uh, um, giving opinions that they think because um, the insurance industry used a definition from a superseded act that uh, they might have a chance of getting claims paid for their clients, but uh, the trouble with that, and you know, remember, as a broker, we're always acting in the client's best interest. The trouble with that with insurance companies uh, is that uh, there's a definite intent not to cover a pandemic like COVID-19. And while they quoted a definition in a superseded act, there's a definite intent that they are going to exclude it. But, uh, uh, so that's interesting times, but we have a number of different policies that will get uh, tested uh, and okay. some uh, will be legitimate, uh, like travel insurance. If you booked yeah. your travel last year um, uh, for uh, this July or whatever, and uh, you've been forced to cancel the trip, then yes, you should be able to claim that on your uh, loss of uh, deposits and uh, and so forth on your travel insurance. But if you've booked your travel insurance since March this year, or you booked your, your trip overseas in March this year, the insurers won't pay because that was a known event that could affect your travel. Uh, so that's going to cause some controversy for people where uh, you know they guessed that we'd be all over the pen pandemic by the time they go away on their holiday. But what's actually happening is that a lot of the 
travel companies are cancelling these uh, trips and highs um, uh, instead. And uh, and really, in that situation, they should be able to get 100% of their money back anyway. Uh, so they're probably the two at the moment. And then, then we've got issues with uh, management liability or directors and officers insurance. Yeah, what sort of issues yeah. there? Well, um, you know, we're sending your home, uh, staff home to work remotely. Yep. Um, there's workplace health and safety issues. Yep. Um, training issues, um, uh, mental health issues that could uh, arise. Uh, at the same time, um, uh, with the um, uh, people are having to lay off staff and and uh, retrench people and and uh, and so forth and uh, and there may be some repercussions under the employment practices uh, section of that policy where people may allege that uh, uh, this COVID nineteen was just an excuse to um, trim staff and. Uh, Get rid of us, and uh, you know there was still the ability for them to trade and so forth. So there could be lawsuits against uh, uh, the employers for that. But in the directors' situation, the directors have to make sure that their company is following all, all necessary requirements um, on behalf of their customers and their employees, and and. Uh, um, so there's a duty of care owed by directors to make sure that they're doing all the right things on behalf of um, uh, uh, the business. And that could go in any direction. I mean, if you uh, decide to retrench staff, um, that could save the company money and that's a good, that could be considered a good thing. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, if they... Uh, um, it turns out that uh, they're not being as they could have been still productive during that period. Then the directors could be held liable for um, a poor decision that they've made. So really? this, okay. that's going to be tested in the future uh, as well. So um, interesting times ahead for us, and it's a, a, a brand new learning opportunity. And then we've all had to grapple with uh, new technology like the Zoom program yeah. you know, zoom, um, zoom is uh, was always it's always been a good um you know webinar type program that uh, has been around for a long time but yeah. it's now all of a sudden just a mainstream thing it's just like um i can't believe i've probably got like five or six zoom calls booked in the next week whether it's uh, with a client or whether it's a, a podcast like this you know it's um is there's, there's that's pretty much a, a becoming a common way uh, of obviously communicating with people and it's, it's sort of taken off and it's, it's pretty much a free service really. Um, it's, it's not, it's, yeah. it's, it's great. And, you know, a couple of days ago we had the uh, KBBG breakfast, uh, you know, basically, uh, you know, I think it was 23 people, 24 people. Um, that was, that was uh, quite good. It was good to catch up with all those people, wasn't it? Yeah, I think, I think we got up to 26 yeah. uh, uh, people. Um, Eventually, because there was a couple of people came yep. in late, but uh, and then a couple of people uh, dropped out a bit earlier because they had other appointments. But but that didn't matter. But uh, no, I th I think everyone was really glad to see each other, and and that's what I sense is that we're all kind of missing each other, and 
And while uh, the ironic thing is, uh, for a lot of us, we just took other people for granted and probably didn't catch up with them as much as we should. And now we're, because we're restricted in being able to catch up with those people, we're, we're feeling really isolated. So it's uh, strange, but Zoom has filled the void in a lot of ways. And uh, the, the great thing about uh, Zoom or Microsoft Teams or Skype, and, uh, mm. there's quite a few of them uh, out there, but Zoom seems to be the, uh, the main one, is that, yeah, for, you can get it for free. And, uh, you know, and 40 minutes is, is a fair amount of time. Uh, before you um, you get kicked off, uh, so um, if you're using the free one, but a lot of us are now saying, "Well, this is quite valuable for our business," and have started subscribing to it. So, yeah, it's certainly um, something to consider. That's for sure. Yeah, and that means you can host a meeting, uh, you know, a hundred to a thousand people, <clears> and, <throat> and uh, but. We, it's hard to know what's going to happen um, when things start to more get back to normal or what they used to be like. You know, we don't know if uh, you know the airlines uh, <clears throat> is going to have one airline in the in the future. I, don't know. Um, I mean, I'm seeing, I'm seeing reports. I'm hoping that someone can save Virgin. I really do. I mean, I think um, there's certainly interested parties in trying to somehow fund it going forward. But uh, I don't know if the yeah. get the details but it wouldn't surprise me either way with, with Virgin whether they get saved or not um, you know we, we've seen it before with, with other airlines here in Australia so um, where they've obviously yeah. gone out of business and haven't been saved so um, so it's, it's anything's possible anything's possible when it comes to that that's that is definitely yeah. Um, yeah so a lot of I mean obviously uh, your tradition got bloody interrupted this year Blues Fest you're always going down there every year around uh, just before easter that usually around that sort of time yeah uh, yeah it's, it's sort of become a, um, a regular habit with my son to go to blues fest and you know um you have uh, five days uh, or four and a half days really of uh, uh lots of music of different varieties and uh in a great atmosphere where everyone's very friendly with each other on the most part there's the odd argument about people pushing in front of others uh, <laughs> um, uh, and so forth but you know, you've got to know how to fill the, the space in front of you but um, you know 12 um, you know it's you know, 12 o'clock to 10 o'clock every day mm. um, on four um, days in a row yeah. different stages uh, you've got all this music around you it's it's like um, um, feeding your, your whole mu music intake for the, the whole year in, in, in one weekend and seeing all these great acts. And uh, it was very sad that uh, it wasn't on this year. And, yeah, it's uh, definitely sad and certainly sad that, um, that you know, the festival industry is going to have a decimated 2020. It's... Um, yeah, who knows what's going to happen next year, but this year it's pretty much wiped out as far as um, events, festivals. It's just pretty sad that, um, you know, they're cancelling stuff all the way up to the end of October. 
for anything. So it's, it, have you seen that in your industry? You've had uh, conferences cancelled or anything like that? Yeah, we were supposed to go to uh, a conference um, the week before Easter. Um, uh, that was cancelled. Uh, and uh, then we were supposed to go to a conference in um, in the first week of September in Adelaide, and that was cancelled. And then that, um, another conference um, in November, or end of October, um, early November, uh, for our National Insurance Brokers Association, that, that got cancelled. Um, the awards competitions that uh, in the last few years we managed to pick up a few awards, they, they've been cancelled uh, and uh, put off till next year and um, so yeah there's a lot of things that it's, everyone's sort of uh, skipping uh, quite a few things that we're used to each year mm. um, maybe that'll make the year feel a little bit longer uh, who knows but you know we uh, um, I'm president of the Windsor and District Historical Society and we organise and Anzac Day commemoration at Windsor uh, Memorial Park each year, mm. and we had to cancel that. Mm. Our Lanark Fair was supposed to be on this Saturday. This uh, Saturday, was it? Yeah. yeah. That, that's been cancelled. Uh, that was something that we were involved in. And, Look forward to it. Uh, yeah, just going forward, a lot of things that we did probably made the year go very quickly. Uh, and have, uh, have gone. Now, at least the Kedron Brook Business Group, we've got it up and running again with the Zoom meetings. Mm. Uh, my Rotary Club's now meeting by Zoom. I think they are. Uh, my, my, our, our Apex Club has done two or three meetings by Zoom, I think. Um, yeah. another, one, another one coming up on Tuesday. So, yeah, AGM's getting done this way now. And, you know, it's, uh, yeah. It, it's, yeah, it's a different world out there and things like, you know, you, we had a trivia night that was planned that we we don't know what date we're going to put that on now. We're just going to have to wait and see. I think it's a wait and see. Um, just yeah, because the, the risk is organising something. Mm. Say you think, oh, it should all be fixed up by December. So you organise something for early December and then when, by the time we get there, we find out we still can't do it because maybe there's mm. been a, a second wave yeah. um, of the virus. We, we don't know. <clears throat> uh, mm. It's really... It's really hard, and if you're not organising something and setting goals, you, you, you do feel a bit lost. Exactly, so exactly, yeah. It, you do I, feel um, you just got to really take in with the current situation and do what do best what you can with your with your other people, staff, and, and clients. So you've just got to try to help them as, as best you can, obviously through this whole yeah. environment, and hopefully at you know some stage down the future, won't be you know things will start getting a bit, uh, you know, closer to being back to normal. I mean, sport is one of those things that it's just, um, you know, I'm, I'm a, I love my sport and to have every 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 type of sport that, that you follow not taking place at the moment is, is quite is quite interesting. And it's hard to know when the NRL or the AFL or uh, when the, the NBA season had nearly finished and they basically cut it off with, you know, not many games to go. Um, so where yeah. the future of sport is, is the, it's the hard one. And, and May is going to dictate a lot of what's going to happen, I guess, going forward. I mean, April, everyone sort of said, okay, well, 
can't do anything in April. You can't. It's just, yeah. you know, we're done. We're, we're in lockdown. The whole world's in lockdown in April. Um, May, we're probably in lockdown for the next couple of weeks at the very least. Um, but then after that, who knows what's going to happen. It's Anything can happen. Um, we've, we've just been in a situation where in Australia, New Zealand, where um, we've had incredibly low numbers of uh, infection rates uh, for, for COVID-19. We've had, we've had less than 100 deaths. Uh, yeah. which, is, which is very surprising to me, um, considering where we were um, five weeks ago. Yeah, well, I think we've done really well, and most people are listening to uh, the requests from the Prime Minister and Premier um, yep. uh, and, and doing the right thing, because ultimately those decisions are not about us personally, it's about the whole community. and. Uh, yeah, well, and people might say, "Oh, this is unfair for me," but we've we've got to think a bit uh, um, a bit more about what's best for the community. And uh, I mean, being a two way uh, uh, way of the, uh, uh, spreading the infection, uh, the, th the fact is, if we we go out, well, we can pick it up from someone else. Um, the fact that most of us, I say most of us, because it's not all of us. Uh, but I, I'm sure that um, but most of us have done the right thing and uh, stayed at home most of the time and uh, uh, worked remotely where we can and, uh, and not gone out as much. Mm. And that's limited things. But we mainly saw that spread of the virus through travellers and yep. the big concern is the new cases the community spread cases and, and we did really well in locking that down uh, with the travellers but um, but the community cases are the ones where they can't identify if that person's come into contact with any travellers uh, so they picked it up from somewhere else and and that's where that uh, new app uh, is going to be effective uh, in trying to identify hotspots or clusters uh, around the place and and uh, that is effective and works and I think a quarter of the population have, have uh, uh, now downloaded the app. Um, yeah. If that if that works uh, effectively, then you know we you know we'll we'll have more restrictions lifted and yeah. and try and get back to uh, what we're doing. But I think for a fair while we won't be able to travel overseas, but you can see them lifting that change with New Zealand because mm. uh, well, New yeah. Zealand and Australia seem to copy each other um, in a positive way mm. about uh, um, ways of doing things. And I can see Australia and New Zealand, but, but I think even places like Indonesia and Papua New Guinea, and, um, they're going to be closed to us for a, a lot longer um, mm. because their health systems and the population of people, they, they haven't been able to control it like we have. And I think the Australians should be proud of themselves. So I, yeah, I think um, we've, we've done a lot, we've made some good decisions. Um, Lux always has a bit to play in these things as well. And I think it's always known as a lucky country, but it, luck has sort of played a bit that people, um, at, well, Maybe there's less dickheads in Australia than we thought there were, or something. Everyone seems to be abiding by the rules, pretty much. You know, predominantly, a very you know, there's only a few that seem to 
to be flouting the rules. Um, we've had a few instances yeah. of mass gatherings, but it's it's not really that hasn't really led to many major outbreaks. But um, so there's no. been it's certainly been a bit of luck, and the isolation from the rest of the world has certainly helped um, for New Zealand and Australia. Um, Europe had a some of those countries in Europe have had a pretty bad time. Um, we, are you surprised at all of how bad it's been in America, though? No. Um, the main reason for that is because I, the, their health system is mainly a private health system, and naturally, if you mm. if you are poor, and um, there's a lot of there are a lot of poor people in America, uh, they can't afford um, private health. And, yeah, interestingly, I mean, you're, in your area, you come across bankruptcies, but the leading cause of personal bankruptcies in America is uh, uh, people that are, uh, owe money to hospitals and and health really specialists, mm. and uh, you know they put their health first, but it's caused them to lose their homes. So a lot of people have. Uh, um, I mean, each state does have their own little public health system that's not controlled federally, but uh, but that varies from state to state. But um, the, the the fact is, the the, the private health system um, um, well, it just put, puts people off going to check out their symptoms. They're, they're not going off to the doctor to get something checked. Uh, so there's all this education given to us about the, the symptoms that we have and that we should go and get them checked straight away. And that's the big thing that we're hearing at the moment from our government. But in, in America, um, the people say, well, if, if, I, if I go and get this checked out, it's going to cost me a fortune yeah, and I can't exactly. afford that. And mm -hmm. then on top of that, they've, they've got 26 million people now unemployed over there. And, yep. uh, and that puts More a lot Australia. of pressure on their own public health system. Mm. Uh, and we're seeing those scenes of big trenches being dug on, uh, yeah. on an yeah. island off New York um, yeah. uh, with mass burials. And uh, it, it's shocking, but, you know, the uh, United States, I mean, uh, there's a lot of great things about the United States, but in regards to trying to do something to look after all their people and there's what 320 million of them it's just uh, um, very, hard, very difficult but yeah i mean it's just america's the size of europe and it's probably split up just as well as europe uh, is into lots of different countries uh, mm. but they all can speak english mm. um and uh the, the, the trouble is though that um uh, you know, you'll see on the West Coast, California, you know, they're, they're very much like Australia. Uh, then on the East Coast, uh, most of the East Coast um, yeah, are very international orientated and uh, take, take a more universal approach to things. And uh, uh, the interesting part is that th those places uh, very much want to have Health systems like ours or England's, but, um, but but that's they're the most interesting parts of uh, America for most travellers, and they're the ones that 
travel into those places and have been able to spread the disease amongst them. And the big danger is that if it spreads much more widely, um, that, that's a current figure of, what, 50,000. Uh, it's going to be very insignificant uh, in the long run for that, that country. And um, it's... Plus, I've got a president that uh, tries to keep optimistic um, and try and talk everything up, um, but um, he's lost a lot of credibility um, uh, around the place. You know, he he was kind of in denial. I remember one interview where he yeah. said, oh, we've got 15 known cases and uh, we should oh, have nice. one by next week. That was the end of February or start of March. And look, look where they are now. Yeah. Now they've got a million cases or something. Uh, I'm not they've exactly got over, sure. They've got over a million cases in America, which is, you know, they've only got 300 million people. So, yeah. You know, so but if you have a... England's a big concern too. Because, you know, oh, England's all, got all of Europe, a lot of Europeans, yeah. 65 million people in England and uh, they've had 26,000 deaths. Now, we've got 25 million people in Australia and we haven't had 100 deaths yet. Um, or just uh, times it by three uh, um, and make us 75 million. We're only talking about uh, 300 deaths compared to uh, that country that has 26,000 deaths among 65 million people. So that's how well we've done. Now, a lot of them are saying, oh, it's Australia's are so spread out. But we had a lot of travel uh, in between states and it was necessary for the states, a lot of the states to closed down and not uh, uh, allow interstate visitors or if they did come in they had to quarantine for 14 days. So we stopped the spread that way and been focusing on the local communities. Uh, a lot of people in you know um, North Queensland want to separate from uh, southeast Queensland and and allow yeah. uh, travel so uh, they want their businesses back up and running. But there was a cluster in Cairns so you know, and there's a lot of travel between Cairns and Townsville. So, um, I mean, once they're satisfied using all the testing and we've gone a reasonable period, uh, then parts of Australia, particularly the country regions, should be able to open up for us. Mm. And they, they need it because, I mean, they've been hit hard with drought, uh, bushfires, uh, major storms. Fortunately, we haven't had any cyclones. Uh, come to Australia on, yeah. on this side of the country, but they've had a couple mm. in Western Australia, but mm. um, we've been very lucky not to have a cyclone just to top everything off. And, uh, um, but those people are, uh, in the country areas have been doing it really tough. And one of the ways we can help them is to go and travel to those places. And we're not allowed to travel more than 50 kilometres no. And so we can't go and visit them and put money into their towns. And uh, so I think from a, a Queensland point of view, while we can keep the border shut with New South Wales and every, everyone else, it would be nice to get to the stage where we can start to travel around our own state and mm. instead of going on an overseas holiday. Uh, mm. Exactly. Holiday I think, um, I'm, hoping, I mean, I'm hoping by the end of this month we can sort of travel more than a 50-kilometre yeah. Uh, so I can get up and I've got, to, I've got to go up and see my parents. I haven't seen them for a while, and um, they're up in Maroochydore at the moment. So um, I yeah, don't, don't want to go up there if I can't go up there. 
Um, well, I've got a staff member um, yeah. working she from home. Like Cloundra, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, um, so she can't uh, really, uh, she's got to stay working remotely uh, mm. uh, as well. Mm. But, um, yeah, interesting times. We're living through a historical moment, so we're going to have to document all this for the Windsor and District Historical Society. But yeah, what's because, been yeah. interesting is some of the things that have come up. There's photographers uh, taking photos of families in isolation to record it for prosperity. There's really people are putting teddy bears in their windows so that the kids can go on a bear hunt. And there's all these wonderful things that are coming out of it from the local community, uh, adapting them. And some came up with the idea of dressing up just to take the bins out to the end of the driveway. But um, mm. there's lots of uh, things like that. So I think someone in our neighbourhood uh, came up with the idea of having uh, driveway drinks at five o'clock. Uh, at the end of your driveway, everyone has a drink at five o'clock. And, uh, and watch the sun uh, sunset, and uh, so there's lots of what great things that people are doing to try and keep positive and and uh, uh, manage the situation, and that's fantastic. Yeah. Love seeing that. Yeah, definitely. The, I mean, the statistics has certainly been quite interesting when it comes to this. I mean, um, a lot of you know, it's two hundred thirty three thousand deaths all up that's quite a lot and uh but then you've got there's a lot of countries in europe that have just been hit really really badly obviously france the uk Italy, yeah. spain of all 24,000 plus uh, deaths each um there's lots of infections there and then you see ones like um i mean ours we've obviously got a good rate then singapore 16,000 cases in total but only 15 deaths it's, um, it's, it's quite surprising. Uh, yeah. They've got a really good health system over there in Singapore or something. They're only 15. Well, uh, they, they've, they've always sort of been considered a bit of a socialist state, but mm. they did lock down really early. Mm. Uh, but then they um, um, re reduced their restrictions uh, a lot quicker than everyone else, and they had a spike. Again, yeah. Once again, in infections, and uh, they've had to restrict things again. So, um, and they're probably the the ones to watch as they do things. But yeah, Singapore, this, this, those numbers just are just are surprising. That we don't we don't know how many of those are active cases, and how it doesn't say that too many of those are critical. But it's, it's yeah. a, obviously another spread, and yeah, it's quite interesting. And then you're obviously seeing all these other countries that. <clears throat> I mean, India only had 1,100 deaths, which is quite low for something that's got over a billion people. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, anyway, we could talk about the coronavirus and stats all day, but uh, it's just the world that we are in at the moment. Uh, how's your son coping with all of this too, Johnny Boyle? I mean, how's he sort of... Uh, yeah, well, he's... Daughter, what are they sort of getting up to in this, these times? Yeah, the son's uh, at... at tape and is doing it by correspondence um, mm -hmm. was doing some work experience with style magazine uh, every yeah, friday yeah. But yep. they're all they're all working remotely and um mm -hmm. and that's 
um, given them a, a, a tough time. And uh, um, so uh, it's, I think the biggest thing I've noticed is that there's a bit of a drop in motivation. Uh, um, and there's this feeling amongst them when they come across something a bit difficult in their, in their schoolwork that uh, um, they, they just shut down immediately. They don't think about, oh, should I ring someone and ask them and get over this, which they wouldn't put their hand up in, in class. Or mm. um, they're sort of uh, feeling that uh, they don't have anyone to uh, immediately talk to. So it's been a big change for the kids. Um, my daughter has has struggled considerably uh, with working remotely. So much so that we've, we've had to insist that she goes back to school uh, uh, because uh, she, she can't uh, uh, organise herself. She needs um, people around her supervising her. Uh, so, yeah, but some people will adapt and some people won't. That's, it's certainly been tough on a lot of kids and you know I, I can understand how school teachers feel that you know when, um, that uh, they want to protect themselves against the virus um, but uh, the kids are less likely to spread the virus but school teachers can spread it amongst their fellow school teachers and and I don't know if they can work out a better system of uh, closing the staff room or something and social isolating between themselves. But uh, I, th I think I can understand why school teachers are worried about their own health and safety. But you know, on the other hand, uh, you know, um, our kids are, uh, and, and their education is being affected. And I'm particularly uh, um, sorry for the, people that are doing their year 12 this year and how that's uh, really turned things upside down for them. So it's going to be uh, in interesting in the education area, mm. uh, that's for sure. And, but, uh, and then obviously in the business area, we, we, we just spoke before about um, events and festivals being cancelled and that's obviously, um, there's lots of businesses in, the, in those sort of industries, musicians as well. Um, that's certainly suffering um, as a result of all this. Uh, it, it is good to see, um, I don't know if you've seen it on, online at all, but uh, there have been obviously some musicians that have got together and, and done some acoustic stuff and uh, done that like via Zoom and those types of uh, mechanisms. Yeah. That's, that's, been, that's been fun to watch and there's been some stuff on that. So we're getting a few different uh, things that would not normally happen uh, as a result, which, you know, it's, it's always good to see something new and something enjoyable and something nice to listen to in, in the case of good music and acoustic and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, it would be nice if they had the technology where you could actually jam with another person. There's a, a couple of seconds delay as things bounce back that, and forth. Yeah, it all depends on the speed of the, you know, what's going on with the internet. Sometimes it's, it just seems very yeah. instant. I mean, this conversation seems fairly instantaneous, but... It's not. It's not always the way. There's always. Sometimes there is that bit of delay, and there is, um, especially yeah. if you talk to the people in that. If we do that sort of thing with music, and even teach music over, you know, Zoom or whatever program.
program they're using. Um, so it is yeah. possible, but there is that, yeah, it's that real effect, I guess, as well. But yeah, a lot of musicians have been learning uh, the, uh, their instruments um, uh, or learning new songs uh, uh, over uh, things like YouTube uh, and the internet and online and uh, and uh, probably Zoom has taken that up. It's not easy uh, compared to reaching over to someone's instrument and pointing to the place where they need to put their finger. Um, <laughs> but you, you, for a lot of musicians, uh, uh, there's a lot of stuff on the internet and uh, and yeah, a lot of ways of teaching the, the instruments that way. It's, it's yeah, a lot of people are creating music live uh, using Zoom. Even even I came out with a an updated version of a, a bluesman's song um, uh, and put that on uh, YouTube. Um, uh, do, you, do, you have your own, do you have your own YouTube channel? Yeah, I do, but uh, um, I originally set it up for CPR Insurance Services, but it's it's just got uh, up the CPR Insurance Services uh, music, yeah, music uh, channel. But um, uh, but you know, um, it's it's great to see how people are adapting and uh, and sharing sharing this stuff in a different way than they shared it before. So, um, but, you know, uh, uh, missed out on Blues Fest. Uh, mm. Johnny and I were talking about going to see Green Day at the end of the year. We're not sure if that's going to be on still. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's difficult, but, but there's other ways of accessing those things. But mm. the entertainment industry, I think, uh, maybe a lot of people took them for granted, just thought oh, this was oh, just a bit of a luxury. Yeah. You know, but sometimes sometimes in these sort of situations, you can't always predict what's going to happen as far as, you know, who's going to be affected. I mean, the, the cafes have had to change their model. The, the restaurants have had to change their model to a takeaway model. Um, I, yeah. certainly, I certainly miss sitting down in a, at a cafe and having a coffee or, or lunch or, or going to a restaurant yeah. or a fancy restaurant. Um, catering, all these things are changing. Um, you know, yeah. people are going out of, you know, out of work or out of business uh, as a result yeah. of, uh, of of all of this as well. So it's been it's been a shock to the system. That, that's for sure for people who yeah. have a certain expectation and a way of life and those sort of industries, uh, amongst others. You know, obviously lots of industries are affected, but the one these are the ones that yeah. stick out and are going to probably be affected longer. Um, you know, yeah, months, I'm worried, I'm worried about that. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, intro, the last 20 years, we've really seen the, the restaurant cafe industries grow to a really high standard uh, in Queensland. And uh, particularly uh, in Brisbane, you know, there's, there's, you know, they were pretty average uh, 20 years ago. But <clears> this new generation of enthusiasm that's come along and driven the cafes and restaurants and to think that they'll be uh, so badly in debt that uh, they may not be able to um, run their business. And of course, as you know, if you go bankrupt, um, um, you can't open up another business yourself. And uh, uh, so I, I'm worried about them. I guess a lot of them have reverted to takeaway, um, mm. but that 
that's not account accounted for a uh, hundred percent of their cash flow uh, at all. Uh, yes, they get a bit of savings by not having wait staff and probably uh, not needing to wash dishes and uh, as much. Uh, they still have pans and things to clean, but um, yeah, I, I, I hope that they recover really well. But the entertainment industry can contributed to that area by uh, being an attractant you know like you just look in the fortitude valley with the fortitude music hall and the yeah, restaurants never. around there that yeah. are filled when there's uh, a concert on on there and how popular they are and uh now those those businesses have been badly affected and then after you've had a really good time eating at the restaurant and going to the concert then Hitting the nightclubs, you know, they're not open. So it, it's the entertainment precinct, which Fortitude Valley's well known for, has been badly hit. And yeah, and I, the sooner that they can have their restrictions lifted, the the better, because the longer it's left, poorer their cash flow situation will be, and uh, and a lot of them will just fold. Mm. And um, and we've got, we've, we'll, yeah, and then it'll be really difficult to get into the restaurants that have remained because there'll be so few of them. Uh, all right, yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting say, to see. Oh, I'd say that what should it, what you know what will happen when, once they are allowed to open again, the, the ones that do that do open, you know, they're going to potentially get pretty busy. Um, so the strong will survive, and if the strong survive, then they'll, I don't know if they'll say rip the rewards, but they potentially, uh, from what you could, you could predict, is that they could be, you know, quite busy once people, once they're allowed to open because they're, they're, they're there and people want to get out and people want to want to sort of take advantage of being able to get out and get, get back to their favourite yeah. restaurant or if it's still there or, or another alternative. So... It's, it's it's interesting times. We don't know when that's going to happen. I don't, I don't know if there's. I think restaurants. Um, I, I don't know if they're going to be open for a, for another couple of months. But you know, it's it, yeah, it's, it's interesting times. And the valley, as you said, very very quiet. Um, you know, Chaplin Watch have a lot less work to do now. As a result of um, the economy in, in the valley, you know, it used to have 40,000 people on a Friday or Saturday night. In the in the you know seven or eight block area, yeah, now it's but uh, got nobody there at all. Um, so it's, it's quite quite uh, it's quite a drastic change for that, for that. You just wouldn't expect that would have ever happened, you know. Um, that something so you know so busy, so bustling can be taken down by by basically a new type of um, of you know flu that's very contagious. Um, yeah. and that uh, is getting out there and, and, and you know, it's, it's done this. That's what it's done. So, and this is, you know, we've had to, this is, you've had to act this way really. Otherwise, you know, the, the consequences are there to, to be told as to if, if, if these things, if we didn't, if it's made in that. So, uh, yeah. 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 It's, uh, um, I mean, uh, but even if you, look forward to getting out um, a lot of us have we've had a drop in our own incomes yeah as well yeah. Um, 
yeah, we managed to save money because petrol prices are lower. We're not driving as much, and uh, yeah. Um, um, but uh, and we're probably eating at home a lot more, which is cheaper than eating at restaurants. But um, the the thing is, uh, it all comes down to. Uh, how many people are, um, have been affected uh, income-wise? We're seeing a lot of freezes on wage increases, uh, rent increases. Uh, you know, landlords are being forced to give rent holidays yeah. to yeah. their tenants. Uh, and that, that causes a shortfall for landlords. Um, that probably justifies keeping negative gearing, doesn't it, Tim? Um, but, uh, well, the thing is, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen with um, it's. I mean, well, property prices won't be going up anytime soon. Let's put it that way. Uh, here yeah. in, in Brisbane, when you know, certainly we're right for the picking to sort of go up. At, um, you know, we're based based on where Brisbane was sort of sitting, but now with what's happened, that's going to certainly throw a spanner into any any sort of uh, wanting to take advantage of where Brisbane was at. You know, it's any anything is property prices are going to come back. Uh, before they go back up, so um, yeah, it's it's you know interest and, rates are so low, oh, and that's um, you know that, and that's obviously had an effect. But you know, yeah, as far as normally that yeah normally that has an effect on hmm. driving up property prices uh, because uh, people can borrow more, uh, but now uh, people are just holding off, and yeah, you can't blame them uh, at all. Going back and to something like yeah, going back to something that I couldn't really understand, but it's probably a month ago that it really was a, a an issue. Um, this toilet paper. I mean, I, I couldn't understand why people were, were buying toilet paper. Could you understand what, what was your what was your sort of thoughts and what do you think people were doing that? I could not understand it either. I thought. But, I thought and then and then, some, and then someone sort of said, okay, well, the, the reason. One of the reasons potentially was because it actually takes up so much space on the shelf, and that's um, because it takes up so much space on the shelf at the supermarket. When you a few people buy it because they, whatever whatever reason they need, you know, think they need toilet paper, then everyone else fucking copies them, and yeah. all of a sudden you've got this you've got this bloody copycat syndrome where people have just bought it because oh, shit, there's nearly running out of this stuff, and oh, I no. haven't bought any for a while, or I need to stock up, or or something, and then we all could, of a sudden you've got nothing on the shelf, and that's because it took up so much space on the shelf. Yeah, I, I found that unbelievable. But, but you know, human nature um, with, the, with the hoarding process, uh, you know, you, you see it come out. And the, the thing is, the, the other positive, well, well, it wasn't really a positive thing. But the great thing is, we can see who are all the really good people in our community, and we can see. Uh, the the people that are fairly selfish um, in the community, and, uh, and that those. probably means that we can focus in on the really good people and um, and uh, hang around them because they're good people to be with. But uh, but the ones that have been acting fairly selfishly, and you know, if you go into someone's house and find a chockers with toilet rolls, you can sort of uh, um, see that they've been acting in their own self-interest. But I, I predicted uh, that um, uh, their hand sanitizers, hand, uh, the liquid soaps, uh, Glen 20 disinfectant sprays, and that would all go 
first and they didn't. And we went into the shops. They're pretty hard to get than anything at the moment, really. But we went into the shops and instead of buying one can of Glen 20, we bought two cans. Um, But then after the toilet rolls, the people going in and putting six cans of Glen 20 in the tons of uh, uh, sanitizer and soap in their baskets before the supermarkets woke, woke up to the fact that they needed to limit those. And, uh, and then suddenly pasta and rice uh, went, um, it seemed to be wiped off the shelves. And, um, and so it, it's been interesting uh, watching how people have reacted to, to, to different things. I don't know what drove the toilet roll. I, well, think, I, think, I, no... said, I think partly was that somebody bought it and then somebody copied it and then it takes up a lot of shelf space. I think I think that's pretty funny. Um, yeah, it does. But um, but yeah, you, you can still go into the shops and find, but uh, not much uh, hand sanitizer. But if you go up to the front counter of the, some of the supermarkets and say, "Look, I'm really desperate for hand sanitizer. We have absolutely none uh, in our household." You now they'll reach down into a box and uh, get get a couple out for you. And uh, so there are, um, uh, it is being, uh, what, what's the word, um, limited, um, rationed. Um, but uh, um, if you're really desperate, you can find all these, these things still. But I just don't know why people went absolutely mad on, Things like toilet rolls, but oh, it's given us a lot of jokes, though. Um, oh, it certainly but, has. It's uh, it's you know it, you know, it's you know, lot, lots of um, mem memes and uh, all of that sort of stuff going on. That's for sure. It's, it's certainly produced yeah. um, you know a lot of different things going on. Um, and there's a, a story about a, a guy in Adelaide who bought five thousand rolls. Uh, hoping that he could on sell them for double the price because there's so much yeah, demand. Turn into business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no one was uh, buying them, so he decided to go back to the shop and try and get a, a refund on them. Mm. And the shop said no, they're perfectly all right. They're fit for purpose. We're not taking them back. And yeah. uh, um, and you know that's that's fair enough. Uh, but uh, it's you know people have. Uh, yeah, all right. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's all very well to try and stock up in case you know things like uh, there's a shortage of stuff. But we all have to uh, share these things together uh, as a community, and um, you know, uh, and the the toilet roll that's going to be something to laugh about um, uh, when we're over all this. Um, one of the symbols of the coronavirus. Uh, that, yeah, the teddy bear's a positive symbol. Uh, the taut rolls are a negative symbol of it. So we'll, um, uh, yeah, so it's, it's been a bit of a, uh, just an, um, you still there, Tim? Yeah, I'm here, mate. Can you hear it, see me? Yep, so something happened on the screen there for, uh, uh, just uh, yeah, just some jokes that I have found in relation to the coronavirus. I don't know if you can see that on your screen, but uh, oh, every every disaster movie starts with the government ignoring yeah. the scientists. 
Yeah, yeah, that's not bad. If you need 144 rolls of toilet paper for a 14-day quarantine, you probably should have been seeing a doctor long before COVID-19. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, coronavirus edition of Where's Wally? <laughs> <laughs> um, you've got, uh, uh, yeah, Olympic Games. Everyone saw the rings like that, yeah. Oh, yeah, um, yeah we got that cancelled. Uh, we need toilet paper. No, it's not. It's you know, it's it's not Chipotle. It's a it's a respiratory virus. <laughs> yeah, some interesting stuff. Interesting memes that uh, that have uh, that are, that are sort of happening there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, I see the other great thing about the, uh, the, the our current predicament is the sense of humour from people. At the moment, a lot of people are still able to generate laughs. Um, I know some people say, oh, you, know, you shouldn't be laughing at the coronavirus because it's killing people. But, you know, you've got to be able to laugh at these things. And, uh, and, uh, and some of the things that people are sharing in social media, yeah, it's cheering a lot of us up. And uh, I've enjoyed it, uh, uh, a lot of those cartoons and memes and stuff. And uh, um, has, has, has Mandy been any different at all? She's still the same? <laughs> Uh, she's she's a lot more stressed out because oh, really? she's probably worried more about cash flow. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, and uh, making sure we can pay the staff and pay our bills. But um, and that comes from our clients. A lot of them are a lot slower to pay. A lot of them are, you know, well, you know, we, we, we have some flexibility with insurers about paying them. So we can work with our clients, but not not every insurance company is being flexible in that regard, and uh, we've got to try and keep them covered, um, even though they're not able to pay the bills yet. So, um, and as a result, if they don't pay the bills, you know, we don't uh, we only receive our money um, for placing the cover with an insurance company, and uh, that delays things for us. Yeah. Um, so, so that that's causing a little bit of stress for her. So, um, what is it? What's what's this uh, long weekend look like for you? Anyway, in 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 isolation. Um, well, uh, I'll uh, I'll be uh, playing my guitar, re reading uh, books. Um, you, now, um, I've got have you? I've got the Turnbull book. Have you got that one yet? I've ordered it. Um, I've ordered it too. I've actually got a Kindle version as well. But, um, oh, right. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to reading that book because it seems to be confirming every, everything that I thought was happening with Malcolm Turnbull. Uh, it's interesting you know, to see. It, it, it's interesting what he says about uh, Abbott and Credlin, that's for sure. That's, that's quite interesting. Yeah. I don't know if you've uh, read Nikki Savva's book on the road to ruin, uh, but that no. gave a pretty good idea of uh, the Peter Credlin and Tony Abbott. Uh, Mm. Uh, period, um, and it was like, uh, it was like uh, you know Abbott was he was one of these you know guys that was basically would just fucking do whatever she said you know she was the boss he was a fucking he was the servant and he's the one supposedly leaving the country but really it was her you know yeah there's nothing like a, a dominant wo woman in your life I suppose Mandy's probably the Peter Kreppen in my life. I don't yeah. know if I'd go that far, but yeah. <laughs> um, 
yeah but uh yeah it was interesting seeing that amount of control um but is it, i mean that, that that's all fascinating it's human beings it's human nature and how they are but the i've always sort of been uh, against that principle that you look after yourself first um and uh, and that that comes through from the, that that particular side of politics and um and uh i i, I like to think more community minded and i believe malcolm Turnbull's of, of that that attitude as well um i think malcolm Turnbull is a really good bloke um yes he's giving his version of history uh but you can balance that out with a couple of other books nikki Sauer's written a book on on uh, his demise um, um uh, David Crow from the age he's written a book on it um, so you can get some other perspectives on it if you don't believe Malcolm's take on on his demise um, just the same way as if you read uh, Julia Gillard's biography autobiography and Kevin Rudd's autobiography you, you get to see their versions of the events and somewhere in the middle is pretty well true, true. <laughs> And that's probably why I'm always sort of in the middle when it comes to these things. I think we all have to learn to compromise more, particularly uh, um, uh, when we're going through a pandemic. You know, we all have to learn to you know, give a little um, and not look to take as much as we did before. And, uh, um, and, and some of those people that I consider great people are, are those are those people that uh, uh, do do give a lot more and don't expect anything in return, and uh, and those people are highlighted right now. All the people going out into the uh, community, leaving notes in uh, the elderly's uh, um, uh, letter boxes, saying, "Look, you know, if you need uh, someone to talk to, or someone to go to the shops for you, or." Um, someone to go to pick up uh, your prescription from the chemist uh, let me know and uh, seeing all those sorts of things just uh, reminds you of um, uh, yeah, what a fantastic community we have and uh, despite what happens at the top in politics or uh, um, or overseas in America um, uh, we're we're very lucky where we live and uh what we have in our local community and uh i'm very thankful for it and as a result i'm more motivated than uh, I, you know i'm missing giving my time to a lot of different groups at the moment um mm. in the windsor and district historical society um you know we would be running a uh, um, a quarterly meeting in the third sunday of may we can't do that this this month. Uh, Peter Lattimore was going to be the guest speaker uh, from uh, Lattimore Building Designs and talking about uh, uh, the Queensland buildings and and so forth. And uh, yeah, we've had to cancel that. Um, the lady that was is uh, creating all the artwork for Wilston Village. Yeah. Um, we were getting her to talk in our August meeting. Hopefully by then that was all going to be completed, and uh, all the interesting ideas that she came up with. 
So we've had to cancel that meeting. And uh, at the moment, we're waiting to see if we have an AGM in November. So um, all those things, you know, I'm looking forward to getting back and giving my time to those different groups. And, uh, you know, the ECHA being cancelled, uh, our main fundraiser in our Rotary Club was uh, parking at the ECHA. So, you know, that's going to affect uh, our financial year. So there's lots of things that I, I gave my time to that uh, um, I'm unable to at the moment. But when you balance it out with uh, seeing uh, how people are adapting to it, how restaurants and cafes are adapting to takeaway and deliveries and uh, people uh, volunteering their time to help their neighbours, there's a lot to be very thankful and happy about. Yeah, definitely, mate. You're always a positive person. Uh, you, you always sort of tell it as it is, how you see it. Um, it's, it's, you know, always a great friend. Uh, it's always good to, to, to uh, listen to you and, and, and get your perspective and get, and get you know, exactly what's sort of going on, uh, you know, with, with stuff around, surrounding yourself. Um, and, and I love it how you always support the local uh, businesses as well. You know, you're always out there sharing a social media post um, you know, plugging over the Husk Cafe or some other local business, um, you know, getting them yeah. sort of noticed in a, in a time like this uh, where it's more important than ever. And I think that's, you know, your generosity speaks volumes. Um, yeah, no, it's been good to catch up, Rob. It's been great. We're probably going to have to end it pretty soon, but uh, it's certainly yeah. been good to catch up, my friend. And if anything uh, that you wanted to obviously final to say, we might uh, wrap things up shortly. No, uh, I wish everyone out there uh, the best and stay safe. And uh, um, we'll, we'll see each other on the other side. And yes, I'll probably be a lot more hugging. Um, I have more of a hugging mentality uh, before because I, I have I have really missed seeing people in person uh, um, around the place. And, I, and <clears throat> I'm looking forward to getting through this time and uh, seeing everyone on the other side so we can get on and enjoy our lives. No, I really, really appreciate it. Thank you very much um, for your support as a, as a, I guess, a person in business in the community and also as a person who's supported this podcast and we've been able to get to just about, you know, we're coming up to 100 episodes next week. So uh, it's going to yeah. be, it's, it's been a bit of a, a goal that I set a couple of years ago. Uh, that, that's being achieved and without people like yourself it's, it's not going to get achieved so but you're you know it's great to, to um, have you as a friend and uh, I thank you very very much and look forward to catching up again real soon mate. No worries good to catch up Tim and look forward to seeing you soon. No worries mate all the best. Okay bye.